We are back for episode two of the Record Breaking Podcast, hosted by Nico Blitz, exclusively on Twitch. Today, we got to represent for the females, man, the first female on this podcast from San Francisco, California, or currently in San Francisco, California, from the Bay Area, just to give the umbrella. DJ Liv, what's popping? What's up? <laughs> Yo, How's it going, Nico? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm tired. It's Tuesday. We getting through the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could imagine you're tired because I feel like every time I see you, you're doing like five hour sets. I know. I don't know what my problem is. I always go with the intention of like two hours, but somehow, I don't know. It always ends up five hours, somehow, sometimes seven hours, sometimes nine hours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I don't know if you know, but like, Every Sunday, we roughly start at the same time when we both play R&B. And then I'll usually end like at 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. And then I'll still see who's on. I'm like, damn, Liv is still on. Sometimes I can't sleep and I'll be back on Twitch just at like 2 o'clock. I'm like, yo, Liv is still on. <laughs> and even this past weekend when I raided you, you were still on at like 2. I'm like, oh my goodness, she is a freaking iron woman. You know what happens? It's because every time I'm about to leave someone always raids me <laughs> like every like even that's what happened this past that's what you did too and that's why i was just like that's why i was just like damn like every time it just like i'll i'll just be like okay there's a raid i'll stay on for like an extra half an hour or something then like 25 minutes later someone also raid me then i'll just be like okay i'll stay another half an hour and then it just i don't know especially when you get into that hour like a 1 a.m 2 a.m slot that's when everyone's like getting off <laughs> Yeah, and then hella people are just, like, passing it to you. That's yeah. what I noticed, like, doing those demon hours, like, anytime between, like, 12 to maybe, like, 5 a.m., you just get the most random people rating you. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, a, I guess a good strategy if you're trying to get lots of raids, just stream in the middle of the night. I mean, it worked for you the other day, and I'm just like, man, Liv, just keep doing your thing. Like, I wish I had the... Uh, I wish I had the capacity to go as like long as you do, because even what like every Sunday you're just doing like strictly R and B, right? Yeah. So even like I was sort of planning it, like I was planning like my wind down at the very end, and I was like, all right, I'm about to write out because I played like all the ones that I really wanted to play, and then someone raised me, and I'm just like, shit, I need to come up with another plan. <laughs> <laughs> so then I start, I like dig into like my like deeper into my crates, and I'm like, all right, this is this is what I want to do. So then I do that, and then. As soon as I was to leave, you raid me, and I'm just like, shit, I don't even know what I'm going to play anymore. <laughs> well, what was the most random the most random find that you found in your crates this past Sunday? Um, I mean, I was just playing some, like, super random. Like, I just had, like, a whole bunch of Snow Legger because I have, like, a whole bunch of her mm. music. But, but then, like, I usually play, like, her main like her main tracks, but then I was just going deep into like the ones that I never play because I was just like, I'm running out of stuff out of play because everyone keeps raiding me. I said, played everything. You're like, yo, I'm going to do track number 13 <laughs> off her second album. Yeah. <laughs> that no one's ever listened to probably. For real. But people like it, truthfully. Like, I like listening to DJs when they play something that I've either never heard before or if it is from an album that I do enjoy. I'm like, yo, I've never heard somebody play this. Yeah. So. I mean, that's that's what you get towards the tail end of my set, probably. 
But you know, like you are very familiar with doing long sets. I think you were the first person I know that ever did a 24 hour stream. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to ever do that. I just, I even told people like, cause people, you know how people always just like come to your stream and they're just like, Oh, do a 12 hour set, do like a 24 hour set or whatever. And you're just like, like, yeah, no, <laughs> like every time. So I was always say like anti, and then all of a sudden I just randomly decided I'm going to do a 24 hour stream, like a week in advance or something. A week in advance, dude. Yeah. Crazy. But wait, was there a, donation for it too like weren't you trying to raise money for your dog yeah it was because um uh, hi danny it was because my dog like she randomly like she's always kind of been like a very prominent figure in my stream like it's never been planned but then it's just like when i first started streaming the dogs just always be in the background and then everyone would comment on the dog so i was just like all right i'll do some like channel point redemptions with the dogs since they're here and then so they've just been always part of the stream. And then um, I think it was like a month after I started on Twitch, somewhere around a month, um, Peanut, my older dog, had a seizure while I was um, streaming. So I was like super freaked out because I thought that she was basically about to die right in front of me. And there's little, there's a camera in my face and all these people are watching me and I'm just like kind of freaked out by the whole situation. So I shut the stream off yeah. um, and then took her to the ER. And then they basically ran like, just a ton of tests on her um, uh, all the way through the next day. Like even just all the tests that to run an MRI, all this stuff, like even that alone, it like ran me up a bill that was like over five, five grand just on tests. And then they told me that um, she had brain cancer, like a brain tumor. And then they said that if the only real option I had was to do like this complicated radiation therapy that, um, isn't really common there's only like less than 10 facilities in the entire country that do it so i was <laughs> and on yeah so there's less than 10 places and i couldn't even get an appointment with any of them either um so i was just kind of desperate and then i was like posting on social media more just out of like just frustration because i couldn't get an appointment with any of them either um and then like a whole bunch of people messaged me they're just like Oh, I know someone that works at like a vet or whatever, but then I was just kind of like, uh, I mean, what's the off chance that this person knows like one of the 10? Um, but one of my viewers um, reached out and was like, hey, I know this girl that works at a vet in Campbell. That's the only one that I was just kind of like, maybe I'll check this one. Because one of the 10 was actually in Campbell. Where's um, Campbell? It's like near like San Jose, Cupertino. That's in the Bay? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. There's a city called Campbell. Campbell Bay Area. Yeah. Map that. Okay. <laughs> um. So I, so I was like, all right. Well, I mean, what are the chances that the friend, like, no, like the friend is one of the ten hospitals in all of Campbell? Um. And it turned out that she was the assistant to one of the doctors that actually does the procedure. Like one out of ten in the whole country. Holy so crap. So I was just like, oh my God, because um, every other, like every other place that I called, they're just like, um, yeah, we're not even gonna consider doing an appointment for like at least, for, we can't even like book you on a, an appointment for at least a month. So they won't even book me for an appointment for a month later, um, like get me on the books yeah. for like at least. So I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was just like pretty much accepting that I wasn't going to like be able to do anything about it. And then um, she happened and then she 
connected me with her friend and then they got me in for an appointment the next day which is crazy wow. <laughs> twitch kind of like let all of this happen and then after that i had my appointment they're just like yeah so it's gonna cost you like fifteen thousand dollars so that's like my next obstacle and then um that's when i decided to do a 24-hour stream to try and raise money to try and do that fifteen thousand dollar radiation therapy which is nuts which is why i had like a week <laughs> because she was pretty much like at this point like the way it looks it's like this is urgent you got to do this in the next few days yeah so That's i don't have much time yeah and then so i don't think i was like put up onto you during that time how much did twitch help you raise like during your 24-hour stream um they helped me raise most of it like i was hoping like maybe i'll get like five thousand dollars or something out of like a fifteen thousand um, they helped me raise like fourteen thousand, which is insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo. it was like ins like I was like overwhelmed. Live Nation showed up. <laughs> yeah. Was it that moment when you realized just how powerful Twitch is? Not not like because of the monetary gain that came, and you know it obviously helped pay for your dog's surgery, but like. Just the support, the idea of all the support coming from an app. Yes. I mean, I was at that point, I was only streaming for one month. So I was like brand new. They, I was brand new. I was like one month into Twitch. And then um, it got me the connection to this doctor that nobody, <laughs> one out of 10 in the whole country, it got me that connection. And then it helped me pay for everything too. So it's just like, I don't know, it's mind blowing how much it brought after like such a short period of time isn't it crazy to think like as a dj like this wasn't even a thought even what you said you've started djing on twitch like five months ago so this wasn't even a thought six months ago no i was literally just like i think i'm just gonna stream because instagram live sucks like it just kicks you off every however much like 30 minutes or whatever so um i kind of just missed djing so i was um, told that they don't kick you off on Twitch. So that's when I just kind of started playing there. And then it's just kind of crazy how this whole thing just spiraled, honestly. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. And that's why I think that's like one of the craziest stories. Cause like, I don't know. I, I never thought that an application online that can would a bridge so many people from across the world, but more importantly, you found the one link, the one link that would help out your dog through everything that your dog is going through. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's really powerful actually. And I think that's just like one of the many stories on Twitch that we hear. And the fact that you went on for like a 24 hour stream, like how did you feel how did you feel during that 24 hour stream? Because you probably had hella things going on in your mind. Like a, you've never done 24 hours straight before B you need to make sure that your dog gets the surgery. Like what was going on through your head? And like, what was the feeling afterwards knowing that you accomplished such an amazing feat? I mean, I was just kind of, I was just kind of pushing my way through that. This is going to be what's going to help me get her in to get this medical procedure done. Um, so that's what I was kind of focused on. I mean, if I was just focused on just doing a 24 hour stream, just that alone, I'd just be like, hell no, I'm done after maybe like 12 hours. 
Because I remember too, like once I hit like that 15, 16 hour mark, that's when I was just like, God, I'm so tired. Because um, it's like 15, 16 hours in plus at the same time, it's like 4am, 5am and you're just your body is just like shutting down. So I mean, I even had the thought come across my mind the whole time. I was just like, I mean, you already did like 15 hours, like, it's okay if you cut it down <laughs> earlier, or whatever. But then I was just like, <laughs> but I was just like, I, I need to finish this. Like I said, I was gonna do this. Um, I'm doing this for a purpose. Like I just have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what pushed me. Like, honestly, though, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I could have done it because it's like, it is next level exhausting. <laughs> How many hours did you sleep afterwards? I, my sleep was so messed up that like I finished my body was just like my body had no idea what was going on anymore like because I started at 2 p.m so I did 2 p.m to 2 p.m yeah I didn't sleep until around 1 a.m so I was awake for all the way up until 1 a.m and then I woke up again like at 4 or 5 a.m oh <laughs> so God. I got like four hours of sleep after <laughs> And then I stayed awake because I just couldn't sleep. Um, and then I just went back into my normal like six hour, seven hour <laughs> sleeping schedule after that, which is so I just never caught up on the sleep. I just I'm just forever oh stuck. God. You are one hell of a zombie, my friend. You are. Crazy. I mean, I tried sleeping. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> I can imagine because your body just went through shock like, yo, live. <laughs> What are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, you're streaming for 24 hours. Are you still streaming? Are we supposed to go for like another? <laughs> Yo, and to bring it back, that's why I'm not surprised when I see you do like five, six hours on like any given night. And I'm just like, you know what? Praise be to live because I could not. I truthfully could not. <laughs> I mean, I try. I try for the two hours, but it doesn't work. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know how you do it. Well, I mean, so I've had gigs where it's like four hours a piece, you know, like if it's like a restaurant gig and they just need me there to like, just play music for four hours. I'm just like, okay, yeah. cool. So this is kind of easy. Yeah. And so I remember when I first started on Twitch, I was just doing like one hour streams. And I remember like one of my first streams, I was like, uh, Hey guys, should I go for two hours? I'm feeling <laughs> ambitious right now. <laughs> Oh and then God. two becomes three, three becomes four. And it's like, do you get this thing to where like, if you see, if you go over even by like five, 10 minutes, you're like, oh, I can make it to the 30 minute mark. And then yeah. once you make it to the 30 minute mark, it's like, oh, I might as well just make it to the top of the hour. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get rated at the top of the hour. Yeah. And then it's just like, all right, well, looks like I'm going to be on here for another hour. Yeah. But Twitch aside, like, how long have you been DJing for, Liv? I, I'm still, like, I'm still baby, too. Like, I haven't DJed that long. Um, oh. I'd say, like, three years, somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been DJing that long. It's just been, like, I've just, I don't know. I've gone through, <laughs> I've gone through, like, everything. <laughs> Well, I want to get to everything. So I kind of want to start from like the beginning and then, you know, obviously move on to the DJing aspect of your life. But like born and raised, where are you from, Liv? Born and raised in San Francisco. Beautiful San Francisco. Born in traffic in the car. <laughs> born in traffic? Yeah, I was actually like I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born in the car, like literally. <laughs> 
Yo, really? How yeah. you know how close you were to the hospital? Uh, I was on the bridge in traffic. Oh my god! <laughs> and the person driving was my eight-month pregnant aunt. So your mom's pregnant, and your aunt's pregnant. Yeah, my my aunt was like about to pop. She was eight months pregnant, and she was driving my mom. <laughs> I'm surprised both. I'm surprised you and your cousin weren't born at the same time. If yeah, I, I, I would have freaked out like, holy shit! You having the baby right now? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I, I'm kind of uh, shocked. I'm not gonna lie. That's a very <laughs> I've never heard that before. Uh, no, my birth certificate, like the location, it just says parking lot. Like it doesn't say like it doesn't say where to the parking lot as the place of birth. Do you know like do you know what your mom had to do? Like they did they have to drive to the hospital? Like what exactly did they do? She was on her way to the hospital, but she said that I just came out before they actually made it. They were just in traffic. Because she was kind of waiting for my dad to come home. And my dad just, like, he just takes forever. Like, my dad was out buying a TV. He was just like, my my pregnant-ass mom is just at home. He's bored. He's like, I'm going to go buy a TV. And then um, the way he shops, he, like, looks through everything. So he, like, he was going to, like, all the circuit cities, all the good guys, looking for the best deal, trying to figure out what the best one that he was going to get. Um, so while he was doing that, like putzing around at like a good guys or whatever, my mom was like going into labor, waiting for him to come home and gives up and calls my aunt to pick her up. Jesus Christ, man. Well, yeah. shout, out, shout out to your mom, first and foremost, for uh, having you on the Bay Bridge. You, you're seeing all the comments right now. You're literally like for the streets. <laughs> you're you are literally a spawn of the Bay Bridge. Uh, I don't Golden know Gate. <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I don't know who else has that story. So <laughs> that to you, Liz. Uh, what were you into, like, um, uh, I guess, like, as a child? Were you into, like, sports, video games? What were you into? Um, I was, I don't know. I was just, like, typical kid. Like, I'd watch TV. I used to watch, I used to oh, watch, like. You are into the TV that your dad ended up buying that same day. Yeah, the one that maybe not born in the hospital. <laughs> What kind of shows? Well, if you guys um, have been in my channel, you'll see that I do have a lot of WWF emotes. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of like professional wrestling when I was little. There we go. Favorite wrestler? The Ultimate Warrior. What? <laughs> Look, I'm not into wrestling, so anything that you say, I'm kind of just like, okay. <laughs> okay. Ultimate Warrior was definitely Ultimate my favorite. Warrior. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me let me look up the Ultimate Warrior really quick. Look, um, Gal Cloud put my Ultimate Warrior emote in the chat. I see. Hold on. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. This emote. This emote right here. No. <laughs> That's my face. There we go. There we go. Yes, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I've, I've always had this thing to where it was like I had a couple people around me who were into wrestling, but I just told them like, "Yo, I just can't get into it." Like. I just knew it was fake. I didn't though, because I was like a baby. I was young. I thought that it was all real. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Growing up, I was just like, mm, it just wasn't necessarily my thing. Did you have yeah. any aspirations of ever wanting to like become like a a fighter in that realm? No. <laughs> I just liked watching it. 
every time like I'd watch other shows too, like I'd watch like, I don't know, Beverly Hills 9021 or whatever. My parents would just be like, don't watch that. <laughs> Probably because they don't want me to like learn bad behavior or whatever, like the teenage behavior. <laughs> so then they would prevent me from watching those. Oh my God. You, yeah. You Asian parents, huh? Yeah, but it's okay for me to watch like dudes beat each other up all day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I was, we were just watching um, Cobra Kai the other day, and I was thinking to myself, like, yo, these are literally just. I think these are just like privileged kids in an area, and they're picking some shit to fight over. And I'm over here, like, man, if we were over here in San Francisco, they would not tolerate this type of shit. <laughs> That's true. Like, I don't know. Like, what was it like growing up for you in San Francisco? For me, it was a little bit, uh, it wasn't, like, as rough as a lot of, like, my friends growing up. So what was it like for you? I mean, I grew up in uh, South San Francisco. Um, South City. South City. Elko? Uh, yeah. Wait, is that where you went? No, I didn't go to Elko. I just guessed that you oh, went. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When you do this, I'm just like... What does that mean? You I want to? I don't know because so I, I really guessed El Camino because it's like you for for lack of a better way to say it, you seem like an Elko girl. What is that supposed to mean? Like very <laughs> like because El Camino was just for like the creative people, like the people who want to be in entertainment. At least that was the perception from the outside looking in. I mean, I don't know. I just went. I was supposed to actually go to South City, but then um, all my friends were going to El Camino. Mm. South City kind of sucks anyways, too, so I did transfer. Shot! <laughs> well, shout out to Elko. But so, like, even over at, at, like, Elko, like, you weren't even into DJing. It was really just, like, wrestling. Like, oh, I'm just going to, like... No, I, I already passed that phase by then. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I I don't know. It's just like a normal kid. I do like a whole bunch. I do like nerdy shit. I used to do like graphic design and stuff when I was in high school. Oh, for real? Yeah. Which actually came in handy with Twitch because then I could make my own emotes and all that. Overlays oh, you and all made that all stuff. your own emotes. Yes. I made all my emotes, my overlays, all that stuff. Dude, Digging into cool. the high school, high school skills. It really be like that though. Like... Because I don't think anybody ever told us that learning things like Photoshop would be useful later on. We were probably just like, oh, this is cool. I'll pick Yeah. This. Yeah. I was literally just like fucking around with it. But it's like ended up helping me like today, which is crazy. Yeah. I feel like everything too with this pandemic, everyone's just like makeshift everything because like nobody planned for this stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, we'll just turn this corner of my apartment into a little streaming station. <laughs> Um, reach into like your bag of a million cords and see if something works to get your audio set up. Well, that's why I see a lot of people who picked up like graphic designing or DJ, like DJing during quarantine. And I honestly think it's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that we're not going to get another time like this. So right now is the time to capitalize on everything. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, seeing as how like you already clearly knowing how to like do graphics you can make your own graphics for twitch i'm assuming you made your own overlay too mm -hmm. and you obviously dj so it's like what more <laughs> could you really ask for out of somebody who's just trying to like get through quarantine you know right yeah i mean even like i feel like even when the pandemic first started too like all of us were just trying to figure out like 
How can you hook up your mixer or your controller or whatever to the phone so you get that quality audio and then navigating that whole Instagram thing when you're getting kicked off all the time and then going to Twitch and then figuring out the whole video camera OBS situation, like how the hell you use OBS and all this crap. It was hella frustrating in the beginning, huh? Oh my God, yes. Like, the did you like the first day you open OBS, you're just like, what the hell is this? Like, what do you, what do, you do with this? I was just like, what the hell? Like, this yeah. is hella, it was hella confusing. And I was just like, yo, like, I don't know if I want to continue. That's always like the hard part, just like, like figuring out the technology that they give us. And I'm just like, yeah. yo, if I can't get through this, I don't know if I can start streaming. Yeah. But yeah. OBS cool. was, I don't know. I almost didn't start streaming too because I was so confused by how to use OBS. Oh my goodness. I can't. So, Crowd, can you imagine, like, if DJ Live didn't start streaming? I think all of us would be going crazy for, like, six hours every other night. <laughs> <laughs> so then you you had, like, no, you had no, I guess, motive to even start DJing in high school. And so it was really just, like, three years ago yeah. when you started. And, like, what really enticed you to want it to start DJing? I mean, I've always wanted to. It's just been, like it's always been an issue of like time or money. It's like, well, now I have like time, but I don't have money to like buy the equipment and all that stuff. But um, when I did have money to buy the equipment, I'm like usually working crazy hours and I don't have time. Um, and then I got laid off from my job like three years ago. So then that's when I was like, well, I have some money from my job. <laughs> now I have time because I'm not working anymore. Um, so that's when I started kind of picking it up. And then um, I learned a lot from YouTube. YouTube is it a great yeah. <laughs> instructor. <laughs> um, and then I really just had to like, so I had to deal with this medical situation too that really kicks, like basically kicked me in the ass to start learning everything like really fast. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of my other talks or whatever, but basically long story short, I got diagnosed that I was going to be completely blind within two years like about a year after I started learning how to DJ. So at that point, that's when, <laughs> a year into DJing, that's when I was just like, okay, well, I need to figure out how to basically live a life without my eyes. Um, so after I got through that whole, like the depression phase where I was just like sad for like the first few months, um, I was just like, well, I'm gonna try and learn how to DJ and try to do this without my eyes. So I started just like really, I tried just like learning like how far everything was, like how much like if you turn it a certain amount, what it does to the sound and just like focusing really into the sound of everything and not on all the visuals, like the controllers, like all these buttons and all that stuff, just kind of navigating the whole board. Um, and I did that for like a solid year, year and a half because <laughs> I was under the impression that I wasn't gonna be able to see it soon. Um, and I literally felt like that was the only thing that I could really do. Cause it's like, what do you do when someone tells you that you're not going to be able to see? Yeah. Um, and it also gives you just in general, just a good <laughs> appreciation in life of just like being able to see all things yeah. out in the universe. I mean, um, go ahead. So, so I went, so after that, I also was taking these pills that this doctor was giving me that literally made me feel like I was going to throw up like every like three times a day. Um, and then I was so tired of the pills that I was just like, I'm going to go see another doctor because I want to get a second opinion because this, 
this whole like situation is not, <laughs> this is not doing it for me. Like taking this massive amount of pills, he says that it's more of like a prediction too. Like it's not like, it's not proven. Like he doesn't know what I have and he's giving me these pills. So I'm just like, do I really need? Yeah. So then I started seeing somebody else and then he was just like, yeah, that doctor's known to push those pills, but there's no scientific evidence behind it. So um, if you'd like to stop, you should stop. <laughs> so that's when I just stopped. And he was just like, he started looking through all the doctor's notes and stuff. And then um, the second opinion guy was just like, based on what this all looks like, it looks like he did his test wrong and you're not actually going to be completely blind in two years. And um, it looks like it's not progressing. Cause the thing with the other guy was saying that it's progressing by double every six months and going at that rate, I'd be completely blind and wouldn't be able to see anything. So I actually do have like a blind spot in my eyes where I can't see anything. Um, except he was saying that it was growing so fast that it was going to be gone in two years. Whereas the other, this other guy was just like, I think it's actually stable and it's not growing. Oh, so it's not growing anymore. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, which is crazy because this dude made me think that I was going to be completely blind in two years. And yeah. in the entire time, it was actually not even changing at all. He just did his test wrong. Yo, I would have been so <laughs> mad. I oh, I was mad. <laughs> I would be like, you're telling me, you're telling me that I'm gonna be blind in three years, and he's telling me you're wrong, and you're telling me in between time I'm learning all this random shit, preparing for me to be blind just for you to be wrong. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it helped me be a better DJ, real like real, real quick. That's like the thing. That's why everyone's just like what the hell you like you've like only did it for three years and it's like yeah it's because i thought i was going blind for three years <laughs> you would have been the you would have been the daredevil of djing i'll tell you that i don't know if you would you would have been able to pick out your song but that's the thing that i was trying to figure out so then i was trying so at the same time i was trying to organize my library in a certain way so that you know you could use that knob selector i was just like how the fuck am i gonna do this yeah um, Wait, so how exactly this is now this is the nerd question how exactly did you organize your crates Be, like um i mean i was just thinking i'd organize it by the genre by the style of music like the energy like the energy because you know oh. like how and then i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to pick the song i just have to go by like the energy energy bpm genre it was it's so bad it like fucked up my crate so bad <laughs> Did you ever like revert your crates back or are they still the exact same way? Well, and then after that, I lost my hard drive. My hard drive crashed. So I had to start from scratch, basically. Oh my God, dude. I know. Life just... sucks. <laughs> before we before we get into this question um that you see on the screen, um so you've had a doctor tell you that you're going to go blind. I wouldn't call this a problem, but you were born on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Your life's already started out crazy. <laughs> your dog obviously has gone what your dog is, like went through these past couple of months. <laughs> it's, you, how, it's been crazy. Seriously. Oh. It's like, 
Well, also in between all of this too, um, I got a skin cancer diagnosis. That's all cleared though. So I, so it's like. Did the doctor at least tell you, was the doc, the doctor was wrong or the doctor was right on this one? The doctor was right on that one, but it's gone at least. So I was, so this is all happened literally the last three years. So it's like the eyes thing happened. Well, I started learning how to DJ after one year. The eyes thing happened. They said I had two years to see. After that got cleared up, after a year and a half, I got diagnosed with a melanoma. And then I had a procedure, which was successful, to cut that out. And then after that, um, my dog got diagnosed with brain cancer, probably like a few months later. Oh my goodness, Liv. It's been absolutely insane, seriously. How do you remain so happy? I mean, I'm just grateful for what I have. Like, at least right now. That simple? Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful that I can see and that that doctor was wrong is, like, a huge thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I that's not even anything I can really compare it to in my life. So I'm not even going to go into, like, some random-ass story about my life. Like, yeah, you know, I remember the time when, like, <laughs> no, seriously, like, you've been through, like, the trenches, Liv. I mean, everyone goes through their own. I mean, even if you don't go through anything as intense, it's like, as far as like your own lives, like everyone has their own things going on and it affects them the same kind of way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's get to this question. Did you start living your life differently because of the diagnosis? Um, Non-DJing, like leave DJing aside in this particular question. Um, Non-DJing? I was just like more appreciative of everything. Like even when I'd, even like when I'd walk my dog, I just like appreciate just like my surroundings and being able to see everything and like nice days and all that stuff. But I didn't really live any differently than I did before. Now, did your like family or your loved ones like treat you differently? So I actually didn't tell my family. So they have no idea that any of this happened. <laughs> Because here you go, putting it on wax on the podcast. I know, right? <laughs> it's because, like, my mom is just like, my mom is such a worry wart that she just like, she would fall into like this nervous pit hole, like, for a solid year if I told her. So I just didn't tell her to begin with. Mm. Okay, um, okay. Still to this day, you haven't told them. I still, yeah, she has no idea that I thought I was going to be completely blind after two years. <laughs> oh my God. Do you plan on telling them? Um, Probably not. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing that came out of it. And I think that they would just still be worried about it. They're like the kind of parents that like, even if you say that everything's fine, they will still worry about it. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I feel like that's just like the, uh, the parents in them that are just genuinely wanting to care for their kid. <laughs> I mean, typical parent traits, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, uh, you're Asian, right? I'm Asian. So we go through, like, the same thing in terms of, like, the uh, Asian culture. What did your parents think when you were just like, yo, I'm just going to start DJing? I mean, they, they still think that it's just, like, a hobby thing. That I'm just kind of going through, like, a little hobby phase. That this is just kind of, like, my side thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they don't really say much about it at this point. It's like, I also... Um, I also support my parents as well since they're like in their mid seventies and they're like retired and stuff. So they're just like, whatever you, whatever you do, like we're behind it because basically they don't have a choice. 
was a turning point, right? I think, like, especially for, like, Asian Americans, like, once you start making real money off of something that you can't necessarily get from, like, a college degree, like, mm-hmm. that's when your parents are just like, you know what? Like, just just do you. Yeah. Whatever you're doing right now is working. Yeah. Do you, do you ever have plans of, like, like, what's, like, the one thing you've always wanted to just, like, buy your parents? Obviously, for your dad, it's not a TV. Um, I mean, the one thing that I really did want for my parents was for them to stop working. So I think maybe about three, I'd say about three, four, three, four years ago, um, they stopped working. And then I just kind of give them money every month and support them just because they're like, they've always like, they're like the typical Asian immigrant parents where they just work literally all day from like morning to like as late as possible, like every day, no vacations, um, running a small business. And then they were all the way like through into like their seventies. So, um, they were getting, I think at that point in time, they were getting kicked out of their lease. Cause it was like San Francisco gentrification. They're, they're, they jacked up their rent, like super high. And they're just kind of freaked out about what they were going to do. So then, um, me and my siblings were just like, well, let's just, uh, Let's just give them money every month so that they don't have to work since they're old anyway. So that's the one thing that I really wanted them because they they've never like not worked. Like basically since their whole like their whole life, they've always worked. Yeah. Um, and then like if if they like want to go like on vacation and stuff, we give them like extra money into like if they want to like my sister took them to Hawaii with them. And then they just basically just sent me like part of the bill and said, Hey, we're going to go to Hawaii. Like, do you want to help pay for it? And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. How, how many? She uh, even like called me once too while they're in Hawaii. She was like, Hey, we're eating dinner. Like, do you want to like pay for some of their dinner? I'm like, okay. Or do you want to pay for tonight's dinner? I'm like, all right. And then they sent me the bill. It's like $300. And I'm like, what kind of dinner are you guys having? <laughs> <laughs> like damn can you bring some of that back at the very least <laughs> yeah sheesh it, it seems like you and your how how many siblings do you have um i have a sister and a brother okay so then it seems like you and your siblings have like a really close relationship with your family like you guys seem like very tight-knit um sort of to like an extent yeah yeah i mean it, it's always a good thing to know that like I mean, to the extent, right? It's always a good thing to know that it's like, you know, you have your siblings back. And like when it comes to helping out your parents, you guys will do that due diligence. Yeah. You know, I always think that like as a child of immigrants, I think that it is our due diligence to give back because the things that like our parents and like the past generations of our ancestors went through is like, I feel like is nothing compared to like what we're going through right now. Obviously, we're going through a pandemic. But yeah, like you're talking about like wars, wars. <laughs> yeah, bunch of crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah, my mom was actually almost not even born because of the war, because of the Korean War, because I'm Korean. Mm. Um, because my grandma was actually like imprisoned and she was pregnant with my mom, and then she basically begged her, like, whoever the whoever the guy that was holding her in the prison, like, I'm pregnant, like, can you just please like let me please basically let me go and then um the guy was just nice I don't know I don't know he was just like a nicer dude about it and he was just like I'm gonna look over I'm gonna go over there for five minutes 
just letting you know. And then she just kind of ran off and she was pregnant with my mom. So it's like dealing with shit like that is <laughs> a lot more intense than anything we have to do or basically staying home with masks. Like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In perspectively, yes, it's completely <laughs> fine. Yeah. But that is crazy. I, you know, I, I'd love to just like sit down with your entire family and just be like, hey, like, <laughs> Like how? Like what was going on through your lives? Because it seems like your family has just lived like a crazy life, right? Everyone's birth story. It's like what the hell? My mom is just like running away from a war, or my my grandma's running away from a war while she's pregnant with my mom. Like it's like everything is, I don't know. Everything is so different from times like back then. Yeah, is in some way like because not only yourself, but like a lot of your family members have just gone through the trenches. Like I know, I know the name live is obviously like a smaller version of your name, but it's like, does that kind of like represent just life itself? Because there's just so many factors that go on to just your particular birth. Like if your if your grandma didn't get those five minutes to escape, it's like your mom wouldn't have been born. And then when you're born, you're over here getting born on the Golden <laughs> Gate Bridge. It's like, damn, dude. Like, nothing has happened that's like been easy. <laughs> like nothing's normal, basically. And yeah, nothing's normal. But like for your name, DJ Live, does that kind of like reflect how I guess the the ups and downs that you have to go through in life in order to push through? I would say, yeah. Um, I've always been kind of like very, I just do what I want. Like, even if, even if like, I don't completely have the means to, I'll always find a way to just do what I want. Like even after, like after I was done with college, I basically like did the whole thing running off to Europe with however much money I had. And then basically spending all of it <laughs> seeing when I ran out of money. And then when I run out of money, I come back and start working again. Um, Why'd you decide to go to Europe? Um, I was never, I've never been out of the country outside of that. So after I was done with college, I was just like, I kind of want to just like see what else is out there in the world outside of like the U S. So I went to Europe. Um, and then I did like a study abroad in Spain in Madrid for a few months. Mm -hmm. So I had like, I had my own little apartment and stuff out there. Um, I was there for a few months. And then after that, I went like all over Europe. Like I basically just bought like a train pass and then kind of just took it everywhere. <laughs> like every few days. What was your most uh, memorable part about just winging it and living in Europe for a bit? Um, I mean, I'd say just like my time in Madrid was the most memorable because I spent the most time there. So I like the most attachment there, but I'd have like my own little, I'd have my own little routine there, like the same little like sandwich shop I used to go to before I'd go to like class and then like the park that I'd lay in after, um, just like kind of living that life, like as if I was just like a normal Spain resident, I guess. Oh my goodness. And how long before you actually ended up coming back to the U.S.? Um, it was about seven, eight months. That's when I ran out of money. And that's when I was like, I got to go now. <laughs> such a long ass time. I was living so cheap back then too. I was trying to find the cheapest way to eat. Um, I'd like make my own food if I could. Um, like even like when I was traveling, like I would treat myself to like a really nice meal, like a nice traditional meal of wherever I was. And the rest of the time I would just eat as cheap as I could. So I could like spread it out as long as possible you were on that like top ramen diet top ramen oh yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll have one nice thing so that I can experience like the whole food culture, but then um, the rest of the time, no. <laughs> I'm eating like croissants when I'm in Lenny is asking, uh, did you regret coming back to the US? I actually tried to stay, um, but I couldn't find a job and I ran out of money. So I was kind of forced to come back, but I did try to stay. Like I was actively looking for a job in Spain so that I didn't have to come back. Mm. And then like during that time, is that when you ended up, that's when you ended up like picking up a job in the US and then started mm -hmm. DJing after a while once you got laid off? Yeah. All right. Looks like the story is finally coming full circle. Well, actually, well, I mean, not complete. I mean, I came back and then I worked again and then I, I went back and then did the same thing in Asia where I basically spent all my money, came back, <laughs> worked again, and then I was going to leave again. But then instead of leaving, I just... Uh, um, put my money into DJing and learning. What well, what was your is the setup that you have now the setup that you first bought? No, um, uh, the first setup I bought. Um, so I actually learned I learned the equipment backwards. So I went from learning on a controller to CDJs to turntables. Um, but but the one I, feel I like mean I say most I say most people like start with turn like turntable like vinyl turntables. Um, to the controller because it's like a newer, I guess it's like a newer type of technology, I guess. In comparison. Yeah, but you also got to go with what's affordable too. My that's that's because why. Controller. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of like the old school DJs though, they all start with turntables. So I feel like that's like the traditional route or whatever. But then, I mean, in the newer age, I guess it's like controllers because it is the more cheapest way to get started. How much was your first controller? I want to say it was somewhere around like 300, 400 bucks, something, something around there. That's it was mean, a really good price. Yeah. That was like the practice one, I'm assuming, not the gig one. Yes. Um, uh, that was, I think, I want to say that was the SR2, SR, SR2, one of those. Yeah. No, that's a fire controller. Um, dude, and it's, it's crazy. Just hearing your story alone, like even just DJing aside, you've just gone through like so many things. And I, I mean, I can't even pinpoint you having like the hardest moment in your life because I just felt like you've just gone through like, I feel like you're just one of those people where life just keeps on punching you and then you get up and then life punches you again and then you get up again. Like, I think you're the true essence of a warrior, Liv. True <laughs> Ultimate warrior. Ultimate warrior. There we go. There we go. I've always been meaning to ask you, Liv, um, like, you got so many tattoos. What was your first tattoo? My first tattoo was, I don't know, it was kind of stupid. It's just like a little tree that's on my back that I never even see. It's like, it's like all the way up here on the top. But I just drew it myself. It was like a kind of something I just drew up like in my whole Photoshop phase of my life. That's when I was just like, I'm going to Photoshop my first tattoo. <laughs> so then I just made something and then got that basically tattooed on me. Oh, and what was your most recent one? My most recent one was, uh, I think it was the add-on to my arm. So it was like this one. This one that's, I don't know if you can see it. It's okay, kind of okay. it's like the geometry kind of thing. Is there any symbolism behind your tattoos? Because they obviously look hella nice. Um, I mean, the my arm is pretty much just like all like sacred geometry kind of patterns. Um, it's basically, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain 
sacred geometry in like a span of like two minutes, basically building blocks of life, I'd say is like the easiest summary. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, I was on one of your Instagram posts. It was just random. I just clicked on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said you were actually like 50 days sober, like a while ago. Are you still sober? Yes, I am. I just yeah. passed my 300 day. 300 days? I know. This shit's crazy. <laughs> Congrats, Liz. Thank you. Um, before that, though, I said longest I went, two weeks, maybe. <laughs> two weeks longest ever since I turned 21. So this is actually like crazy that I'm, I've gone like 300, going from like 14 to 300. <laughs> that is crazy. Before yeah. we get into that talk, look, you got, I heard there's an Elko wannabe in here who doesn't like South City, LMFAO. <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to Zelio. She, she's one of my regulars. She, uh, <laughs> she went to South City. <laughs> <laughs> but Liv, so 300 days in a row, that is amazing. What enticed you to want to just sober up? Um, I think it's mostly that I just needed a break. Like ever since I turned 21, like I went to college in Santa Barbara where you, you just drink basically nonstop. Like you're studying, but you're still drinking while you're studying. Um, so it's just like, my body is just taken like a beating with all the alcohol. Yeah. Um, especially like even like being in Europe too, like can't afford to eat, but I somehow find like (laughs) drink everywhere I went. Um, And then DJing too, like being in the clubs, like on the weekends, it's like, you just like go hard too on the weekends too. So it's like, and then quarantine hit and it's like, I use it as an opportunity. Like since I was out of the clubs and all that stuff out of the bars to just give my like body just time to recover from all the trash that I did for the past however many years. So then you haven't even experienced DJing at a club and not drinking. No. I mean, I've done it like a few times, but usually it's like, oh my God, I'm so hungover. I don't want to drink or whatever. Like while I'm DJing, but it's never been like a, like a streak of just not drinking. So this is obviously a huge feat because I think once you pass, let me be real. Once you hit like 18 years old, you're kind of drinking like at least every so often. Not that many people are hitting 300 days straight. Yeah. What do you feel? Have you felt anything different about you physically, mentally, emotionally? I I mean honestly no. Like everyone's asking me like, do you feel any different? I'm just like, oh, like no, I feel the same. It's just I don't have hangovers. <laughs> Oh my god. She basically said keep on drinking. The only worse thing you're getting <laughs> the nice, is hangover. The nice thing is that I'm more productive. Like I don't have those hangover, like those ratchet hangovers that like last and knock you out for like a day or two or whatever. Yo, that's um, But I honestly don't really feel any different. <laughs> I do have cravings like sometimes occasionally where I want to have like a drink or whatever, but I usually just get over it and just don't do it. Do you think that um, you're going to continue being sober? I don't. I don't know. I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. Okay. Um, we'll see how it goes though when I'm uh, back in the nightclubs and DJing and stuff because I can foresee that 
I might not continue with it. <laughs> First night, boom. Liv is just knocked out on San Francisco concrete. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, like, I think this is an amazing feat. And, you know, I'm coming from somebody who whose last drink was uh, literally on my last stream maybe like <laughs> 11 hours ago. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, speaking of, you know, the clubs enter opening up again and whatnot, um, I know we had this question in the chat earlier, but do you think that you will continue to be on Twitch even after the nightclubs and the bars and everything opens up? I'm sure I will be. I'm almost positive I will be. I mean, my schedule might change. Like, I probably won't be able to do as many, like, Friday, Saturday nights. Um but I, I mean, I still do my like normal Wednesday night at least. So um, I feel like Twitch has just done so much for me and the community that I'm just like, there's, I can't just like, just leave after everything. Yeah, it's true. I feel like a lot of people who aren't on this platform don't realize like, I don't, I don't know. It's something about it. It's something about it that's just so like captivating and just makes you want to like continue to be on here. Like, what is it for you? I mean, just like my experience, especially the first few months, like being so brand new and having so much community around me and helping me through the craziest situation and like having people still continue to like be there for me, like in my streams um, is like crazy. And that's what would drive me to kind of stay. Because I mean, people always still check it. Like I'd say every streams at least a few people ask me about like how peanut is doing and all that stuff so it's like it's like there's a there's a very large community aspect to it already yeah i feel like one day peanut is probably gonna have to have uh her own stream i know you have the dog yeah that, but, uh, you know I, I would love to see a dj live just x peanut stream every <laughs> asmr of their snoozing on the couch <laughs> something like that blitz world if you guys have any questions for dj live feel free to put them in the chat nothing crazy you feel <laughs> just uh just something to vibe with um live before we do get out of here i do want to ask you a couple questions though um what's your favorite food my favorite food um i love seafood seafood okay yeah i like mussels i like lobster i like crab now, follow-up, have you ever been to one of two places because you are from San Francisco? One, have you ever been to Roxy's Sandwiches on San Jose Avenue? <laughs> I have not, but people have come into my stream Done. saying Done. that I need to go to Roxy's. <laughs> Such as you. <laughs> I didn't hear any of that, by the way. You've never <laughs> been to Roxy's? No, and I know you always ask me too about Roxy's. <laughs> you have not lived, Liv. Okay, have you ever been to Santung? Yes. Okay. Guys. Have I redeemed myself with that question? <laughs> Wait, what? Have I redeemed myself with that Yes, answer? yes, yes, yes. 
Because Santung is the shit. If you ain't been a Santung or Roxy's in San Francisco, I don't know if you're a real San Franciscan. At least you had one of the two. That's why I said either or. <laughs> I mean, is Roxy's as well known? That I feel like Santung is like all over. <laughs> Previous to you, I've never heard of Roxy's. <laughs> And that, my friends, is why Zelio was saying she's an El Camino girl and not a South City girl. <laughs> Liv, what is your favorite record, uh, your go-to record to play at a club? I mean, it depends on it depends on the club. Like, if I'm playing like a a house, like house hip hop, like what kind of club? Let's go with a hip hop club, just because I'm a very hip hop guy. Um, I mean, if it's not like, if it's not like current banger that everyone's listening to at the time, then probably still Dre. Okay. The non, the non DJ intro version, just the regular version. <laughs> yes. You gotta go with the regular version for that. <laughs> yes. What about, what's your go-to record to fall asleep to? Fall asleep to? I mean, I've been listening, like, to fall asleep, I've been listening to a lot of Snow Allegra, Janae Echo. Okay. You know, fun fact, I, like, when Snow had her concert in December of 2019, I was, like, literally falling asleep. <laughs> so it's a, it's a perfect falling asleep record. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect. <laughs> Do you like McFlurries, Liv? Do I like McFlurries? I mean, I've only had them. I've had them once, like when they first came out. But I don't what? Know yeah, I've had them once. It's just—it's literally—it's literally ice cream in a cup <laughs> with candy toppings. Liv, you've you've had a McFlurry once in your life. Yes. You are wild. <laughs> you are you are actually. I I don't. Hold on, I gotta show you. I don't think you're on my streams in the morning to witness this. What? what? You, you have McFlurries all over your jacket? McFlurry jacket. Oh but not God. only that, the pockets are insulated so you can put McFlurries in it. <laughs> so I'm assuming you eat McFlurries like every day. Oh, if no. you have a special jacket. For oh, it. No, 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 no. Don't, I, I'm not a fat ass. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I will eat it like maybe once every three weeks. But yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to cap on you about the McFlurries. Um, Liv, can you please tell everybody about your favorite moment on my stream? We all know what the favorite moment is. <laughs> no, but we need it on what? The funny thing is, I don't think my mom has ever heard this story and my mom is always in my streams but she hears you though no no i don't think she heard me during this time tell the story all right so i was i think this might have been like the first or second time i went into your stream i think it was um, the first i think it, it might have been it could have been yeah it could easily have been the first so i go into nico's stream i think it's like the first two three minutes i'm watching um 
and his parents are just like kind of wandering around in the background. I'm just like, okay, cool that he's at his parents' house or whatever. And then I think, was it your Monday stream? Is it your Monday stream? That's so soft. Was, oh, the soft rock. I think it was like a Saturday stream. Oh, okay. Well, it was Saturday morning. And then you're just like yelling into the mic, um, a soft rock, hard cock. And then... <laughs> His mom is just like in the background sweeping, like as if nothing's happening, and you keep saying it over and over again. And I'm just like, is his mom like this? Mom don't care that he's just doing this on the internet. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like literally every time I go on your stream, that's like the first thing you say, and I'm just like, yeah, the entire Live Nation knows about this story now. <laughs> I like how though how she's just like completely unfazed though. She's just like sweeping the floor, like chilling. You're just screaming to the mic, soft rock, hard cock. <laughs> my mom, my mom is used to all my shenanigans. Like everybody, my mom is hella cool about it. Not that I would be screaming that uh, vigorously every time. <laughs> However, I think my mom does end up giving me the pass. <laughs> Live. Um, oh, by the way, Blitzworld, exclamation point live. Everybody make sure you follow DJ Live one time for the one time if you're not already doing it. Um, and Live, last question. I know you've only been DJing for like three years, and it seems like you've gone through a lot within these past three years. But like, what do you do all of this for? The DJing? the Twitch stuff, like, what is it all for? Like, what's what's the end goal for you, if you even have one right now? I mean, I don't really have an end goal. Like, I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. That's kind of how I've always lived my life, especially with all the trash that just keeps happening or has happened before. It's like, you don't really have a choice but to do everything one day at a time. And it's like, I love playing music. That's how I kind of started with the whole DJing thing and how I even started on Twitch, because I love playing music. So... Um, I just kind of wanted an outlet for that. And then it just kind of spiraled into where it is right now. And I like enjoy like the interactivity part of Twitch. That's like something that I've never had before. Like, especially when you're DJing out in like the clubs and stuff, like you don't really interact with people when you're DJing. And it's like, when you do, it's like the people that just like wave the phone in your face, you're like, play this, play this. And you're just like, oh, get the hell out of here. Oh <laughs> so like being able to like interact with the people and like, having that sense of community at the same time, um, it being kind of like an exchange, like share kind of um, situation is the part that I like about it. So I'm just kind of continuing on that until we see what is next. I, I love the way you live, live. <laughs> uh, sorry, that sounded extremely redundant. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, because the spontaneity is like literally how I live. I feel if you didn't, if you're not able to adapt, like, what are you going to do? Right. So, oh, I'm late, but have you interviewed Cash and Peanut yet? Can we get, like, a little uh, appearance from Cash and Peanut? Let me see if I... There's Cash. Peanut. P. I know it'll get them. <laughs> Peanut. <laughs> oh, there we go. I have some treats here. Cash and Peanut, do your mom does your mom treat you guys well? I'm assuming yes. Yes. 
Look over that way. Look that way. Look that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and your dogs are so well trained. I know. They're so good. They're I got angels. lucky. They are angels. Well, Blitz World, thank you guys for joining us today on the uh, record-breaking podcast with DJ Liv, episode two. Liv, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> friend. Blitz World, we will be raiding uh, my guy, Demo D. He will be unboxing some Pokemon cards. And a uh, fun fact, I actually spent a pretty piece on this Pokemon box earlier today. So I'm going to be opening up this box when he opens up his shit, too. But everybody, make sure you follow DJ Live. And uh, when are you on next? Um, I might actually do a pop up tonight because I mean, all my stuff is already set up and everything's ready, so I might as well. I'm already ready. There we go. I might do a small little pop up today, and then um, if I don't do that, then I'll be on tomorrow, tomorrow night for EDM House. <laughs> you know that music, the raver music. <laughs> Live, I will definitely be there. Blitz World, everybody, once again, make sure you follow DJ Live. Check her out later on tonight or tomorrow. Sweet dreams, friends. Bye. Bye.